Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening around the world. Welcome back. My name is Alexander, and this is a brand new episode of Ivy Exec Insights, a bi-weekly podcast brought to you by Ivy Exec, an elite network of global thought leaders. You can visit us at ivyexec.com and join our growing executive network. Uh, the topic of today's episode is growth mindset in career advancement with our special guest, Anish Majumdar, executive coach and career advancement expert. I know a lot of you have already visited our webinars and uh, already heard some episodes uh, with Anish, but just a little recap, Anish Majumdar is an expert in helping talented professionals secure six-figure leadership roles. His team has helped thousands of people change the way they uh, see themselves, get past red flags and vulnerabilities, and also execute digital campaigns that generate dream offers and uh, life-changing abundance. His videos and trainings uh, have generated millions of views across platforms such as YouTube, iHeartRadio, Business Insider, and Fast Company. And he also lives uh, with his wife and three children in Rochester, New York. Welcome back again, Anish. Great to have you. Yeah, same here, Alex. Uh, thank you for the uh, the lovely introduction, and uh, you know, in in line with with uh, with the show, hopefully, I can drop a couple of insightful knowledge bombs uh, on the on the topic that we're going to be talking about today. Awesome. Uh, so let's uh, dive right into it. Uh, the first question that I would I have for you is. Um, Growth mindset. Can you start by explaining what the growth mindset uh, is and uh, why is it crucial for executive level professionals in their career advancement journey? Uh, I can honestly say at at 43 that um, the ability to take pleasure in going to the library and letting my passions explore and learning my own thing and not being dependent on others. That was the thing that literally saved my life because, you know, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home in Montreal. Um, nothing in the, a lot of neglect and, and the, without that ability, I never would have made it because I, was rebellious. I was self-destructive. I probably made every mistake you could think of in terms of school. Got a, I got suspended from high school. All these mistakes, okay? So, so without that ability to, uh, to say, hey, you know what? I can outlearn my way. And when I face a situation, I don't have to just look at it as a static situation. I can literally outlearn and outcreate my way out of it. That that is what got me out. That's what got me out of hell. That's what got me eventually to a family to, to starting a career. It gave me the leeway uh, to get out. Now, I would say for any leader, right, when you're looking at this in a professional context, number one, when you commit to saying my learning journey is is even more important than the next outcome or even the next three or four outcomes. This journey here that I'm on is going to affect every aspect of who I am and my legacy. When you do that, you start allowing for exploration in your life, which I think is the is 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 arguably the biggest advantage of a growth mindset. You allow yourself to, as we were talking about, not be like these uh, bitter uh, um, executives who feel stuck. Why? Because instead of allowing them to say, "Hey, you know what? I like that interest," or "You know what? Uh, watchmaking," or "Mountain biking," or something completely related, 
I'm not going to allow myself to do that because that doesn't go in line with my ambitions, with my vision. But the thing is, you don't know what tomorrow's ambitions and vision is going to be. You have to allow for that. So when you move into a zone where you're always learning, and I would say at least 10 to 15% of your week should be dedicated towards you investing in yourself in terms of your knowledge, what you know, at a minimum, okay? And you want to look at the best? They're, they're, they're investing upwards of 50%. So that's probably the number one, exploration. Being a student is an excellent way to lead, by the way. Uh, it's the opposite of what you would, what, what most people think of. Being a leader is not knowing how to be braggadocious or talk well. It's actually knowing how to listen, how to shut your mouth, and how to learn. Uh, and when you put yourself in situations, when you force yourself to put yourself into situations where guess what? You're not the big dog. You're just a student. Okay. I, I literally, when I, when I moved to Rochester, I've been living in cities my whole life. So now I'm in the suburbs and I realized, oh crap, Alex, I don't have a driver's license. So I had right. to take, I had to take a driver's license, same written test, same, uh, uh, driver's test with a bunch of 16 year olds. It's not my business to judge that and say, how dare I, and I'm too good for this. It's my job to realize, oh yeah, you know what? I uh, suck at parallel parking. I need to go out, you know, sorry, honey, I need to go out, spend like an extra 30, 40 minutes to practice. This is the mentality that you wanna have. When you jump into a company and, and nobody knows what they're doing and they're losing their shirts, instead of you being a blowhard and trying to implement some strategy that is harebrained and is not gonna work, you learning is gonna allow you to say, hey, let me be a student first. Let me listen. Let me get the opinions of, of these people who've already, you know, been here for 5, 10, 15 years. Then let me let me implement. This is really, really valuable. So I, I would say exploration, being a student and walking the talk, you know, because obviously every company on planet Earth, they've all gotten the memo, you know, like uh, our culture is growth. Our culture is positivity. Our culture is diversity, inclusion, whatever the hell that means. Like they got the memo right in terms of that. So. If you want to be the opposite of that, if you actually want to stand for that and embody it, the best and only way to do that is when those around you can see you doing that 24 hours a day. That means I don't just mean growth in your professional life. I mean you're holding your family to those standards. You're holding your loved ones to those standards. You're holding what you guys do to those standards. You are not checking out on your dreams, your ambitions, and what you guys want to achieve. Now, that's a tall order. But that is the pathway to real growth and abundance. And that is the pathway to never getting bored with your life, which to me, as a rebellious guy, I'll tell you, besides these three here, the not being bored part is easily worth it, dude. You know, because the last I, I there's no vision of my future that has me sort of checked out watching a football game on Sunday, being irritated and, and, and uh, eating Doritos. That's not my life, you know, so I'm going to explore my way to whatever that next stage is or the next 10 stages might be. Yeah, I totally agree uh, for so constant learning, being a lifelong student uh, mm -hmm. uh, for uh, examples like a driving license, which I totally understand. I received my like a couple of months ago. So I know how it feels to be stuck around with a bunch of 16 year olds when you're 30 plus year old guy, but you know, mm -hmm, you, mm -hmm. you need that skill uh, to have a better future, to have a better life. Uh, so uh, my question uh, here is, um, is and how actually is growth mindset applicable across various industries? Uh, I know you mentioned even uh, uh, watch repairing and biking. 
and mm -hmm. other uh, other skill sets. But uh, how is a growth mindset applicable across various industries, even beyond the traditional corporate realm? Yeah, this is this is a great this is a great question. I um, probably the most practical um, um, I, fact that comes to mind when you when you give me that question. So, you know, in my world of career coaching, you know, and coaching high performers specifically, one thing that we found mm -hmm. that is a real a real marker for success is that at any time, no matter what your job is, thirty to maybe even forty percent of it should be new. It should be greenfield. In other words, you're not sure how to do it. You're, you got to figure it out, right? Now, the truth is no one's career is filled with job after job after job that perfectly attains that. Sometimes you're going to be in situations where 10%, sometimes 5%. In those situations, it is essential and, and imperative that you don't let whatever the limitations of your company are dictate what the pace of your journey is, because I promise you, your competitors at the Fortune 500 companies are not doing that. So when you are in a growth mindset, you can easily supplement. You can easily say, okay, now I can only spend 10% here uh, making this change happen at this company. Fine. I've got 30% of time to learn, to network, to build relationships, to make impact happen, to consult, whatever you want to do. So you can fill in that gap and keep that nice pace of development going, whether your company is on board, whether it's not. And by the way, that's the fastest way to get out of a bad you know, situation. So that's 30%. It's a wonderful way to ensure that you're consistently keeping that, right? And you're not checking out, not making, you know, aging out and, you know, and, and scaling out. The other one, uh, and a lot of the people listening to this are probably instantly like me, as I was for many years, going to judge it and get their hackles up. Uh, putting yourself into a growth mindset, especially as it relates to success professionally in any endeavor, It'll teach you how to own your mindset. It'll teach you how to root out your demons. It will teach you to look hard in the mirror and really get honest with the insecurities that you have and show yourself how to take a step forward um, uh, no matter what, regardless. I, you know, as you know, earlier this year, I literally I had an, a knee injury where I lost the ability to walk. Right. There is no right. way. No way, dude, I would be talking with you right now, continuing to run a successful business, continue to have a wonderful relationship with my family, if it hadn't been for the hard lessons and what I've learned all along this way. If it wasn't for learning, hey, I can look at this in one of two ways. I, I need to find the strength and resilience in myself to find the wisdom, to, to, to realize, wait a minute, I'm more present with people than I've ever been in my life. I can take that. I can. So this is all, you don't know where all the positive uplift of what you learn is going to be. But what I can promise you is that everything you learn has a short-term benefit and a long-term. And what I found is when you don't know what's happening, when you're in crisis, when you truly are lost, as you know, everyone is, sometimes many times in our lives, those are the times when those long-term benefits of what you've learned can really kick in. That's the time when like that course you took in a totally different industry, it gives you that aha moment to go in to that CEO of your company and say, did you guys ever consider doing X, Y, and Z and, and leading that and moving it forward? You know, that's the, that's the joy of, 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 of realizing part of this is learning, but part of this is an investment in your own heart and your own mind and your own soul, you know, in terms of how you look at yourself. If you are learning in any way like this, if you think about it, you are an optimist. Because to learn is to say, okay, at some better point in the future, I'm going to be, 
utilizing this, right? That's a good thing to be telling your mind and heart, by the way, on a very, very daily basis, especially as you're going through hard stuff. Right. And uh, can you tell me, uh, in the context of, uh, we mentioned at the beginning of this question, career advancing, career advancement. So in the context of career advancement, how can uh, cultivating a growth mindset impact an executive's ability to handle rejection and setbacks effectively? Yeah, th this is um, probably um, one of the biggest uh, issues that we've seen uh, with professionals and even people who should be essentially more successful than they are. Uh, what happens is they... It, you know, it's like a muscle that has not been stretched like your others. So what happens is when it's put under duress, it has a tendency to, to tear or shatter instead of right. saying, oh, okay, I can take that load, right? So what do I mean by that? Uh, there is no way that as you rise up, that you're not going to be subject to more scrutiny. That's the name of the game. So however high your ambitions are, there's going to be more people. So if you want to be, Alex, you know, five times more successful, Please, 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 right now, accept the fact that there's going to be other high-powered leaders with strong personalities, with strong personalities who, who might have different values than you, who are going to have a say in it, who are going to say, hey, why are you doing that? I don't agree with that. Um, I'm going to challenge you on that, Alex. I don't think you have the depth of knowledge in IT to, 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 to give me that, that, that opinion right. right now, right? right. So, so w being a learner, realizing that, hey, you know what? In 90% of what I've learned, I had to literally learn this two, three times more than I, I had to. I literally had to fail my way towards an outcome will allow you to look at that stuff with some perspective and it'll allow you to say, okay, you know what? That's an opinion. Uh, that's a take. Yeah, I, 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 there are things that I could have done better, things I could have done worse. I literally, Alex, for the last two weeks, I've been talking with former clients, not to get testimonials as would be the, the usual thing, but asking mm -hmm. them. What could I have done differently? How could you have succeeded faster? What mistakes did I make in terms of coaching you that I could, you know, heal and repair for the next version of you? Because I want to work with 10 versions of you, right? 10 more people like you. That's what learning will do. Learning gives you a personal standard and it gives you a personal set of goals and, and, and markers to stand by so that the outside world and any BS company is not going to have that much power to rock your world. Do you understand? Like that only happens. Like I can say to you, Alex, Alex, you're a fraud. I don't believe in what you do. I don't think you're good at what you do. I don't think you're going to be successful. I will make sure people know that, you, that, you, that you're not successful. I will make sure of it. The only thing that will get you through in that moment when faced with that situation is to go to your beliefs, your standards right. to say, no, I raised myself out of hell because of what I learned and what I did. And if you're not, if you're a company man, you're screwed, dude. It's over for you. Right, right. And uh, yeah, I totally agree. You need to have you that sort of uh, self-awareness, that sort of confidence, that is something that you need to have at all times. Uh, either it being a setback or a rejection, at, as uh, we mentioned, or even for uh, job searching, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking of job searching, uh, this sort of question uh, popped up uh, on my uh, screen a couple of times. It says, 
uh, job searching, especially at executive level, you know, often involves uh, unique challenges, as we uh, mentioned throughout the various uh, webinars and episodes. So, um, can I ask you, uh, could you please share some examples now of how our growth mindset can assist executives in adapting and thriving during their job search? Yeah, this is this is this is great. One of the uh, you know to harken back to one of the ideas we were discussing just a few minutes ago, um, the way you learn and how much you learn tends to impact the way you build new relationships and approach networking. It's not it's not uh, new information to say that there's a lot of fear based around that, especially around meeting new people for the first time, high level people. So one of the things that really opened it up for me, you know, uh, you know, uh, trying to make some headway, right. First in writing and journalism and then in coaching was networking as a student. Like, because what I realized was there's all these people, right. They're trying to get the attention of high power people, people who can create jobs, whatever. They're trying to basically say I'm valid and worthy because of by inflating these aspects about myself, being braggadocious, whatever you, I want you to take me seriously. What I realized is through my learning and through cultivating that mindset that at the high level, one of the most precious things you can give a person like that is to spend some focused time listening, learning, and trying to understand what made them go for X decision over Y. What was their priorities? How did they manage their family, by the way? You know, I, I've asked the leaders I've networked with, you know, I've got three kids. I'm freaking out, man. Like, I like, how do you handle it when they're, you know, going right. to high school? How do you, you know, so, so it, it blew the door wide open for me because I realized that you can build and network without ego, right? And learning and putting yourself into that mindset is a great way to steel yourself against the ravages of ego. We all fall victim to it at, at one point or another, but but putting yourself back into that zone of, okay, I learned this, oh crap, you know, like, you know, Python, right? Like, oh crap, I don't know, one lick of, of Python, let's yeah. try. That's, that's a beautiful, beautiful place for your mind and your heart, you know, you know, to be. So, so the networking thing, I think is going to go to a totally different level. You're always going to have stuff to talk about, by the way, you know, uh, when you're, when you're, when you're learning new stuff, self-reflection, um, you know, uh, a lot of people, it's, it's, you know, yes, your career should be at, you should give you everything that you want, but also understand, of course, there's going to be periods where you're in between jobs, maybe, you know, illness, life takes you out for a while. Okay. A lot of people fall apart, right? A lot of people fall apart in those situations, right? And that is a very hard thing to do because when that falls apart, you start questioning stuff that you don't even need to question. Like, like, oh my God, like, you know, how, how come the fabric of my life doesn't hold together without a nine to five or whatever, right? So right. self-reflection, right? And the self-reflection that learning naturally forces you to do, right? And no matter what you're learning, it'll allow you in those periods to say, okay, okay, uh, I've had periods like this before. I know how to convert down periods into things that are productive. And I also have learned enough through my work and through, through looking at myself and my interest to realize, hey, you know what? Some unstructured time may not be the worst thing in the world. Maybe turning off the computer, turning off the phone, and literally taking a week and doing nothing but, but loving on your family and, and feeling great and feeling filled up in your, in your heart is exactly the right thing. You know, when you learn and you 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 bring that kind of a, a mentality in, there's a lot of joy and there's a lot of power you have to reframe 
situations. And that's probably the, the last uh, one I just want to mention here, which is probably a superpower, which is you start gaining this ability because as you start learning your concept of your own reality, where you can go start changing in real time, that changes everything. So, so the, the, the way it sort of like arcs you into that zone of saying, okay, no situation is static. You say this is tragic. Fine. Yes, fine. But that's not all it is. And to actually extract a different meaning from it and move forward on that, that's a superpower. And that's something that there's no company or job that's going to teach you. You know, um, that's real resilience. You know what I mean? On the on the deep level. And I think all of these start um, getting available to you in a much deeper way. When, you know, when you start going down this path. Right, right. I totally agree. So we mentioned uh, uh, we mentioned rejections and setbacks. Uh, we mentioned job searching. There's one more aspect that I wanted to talk about uh, just to circle all that uh, job searching sphere. And that is uh, negotiations, whether it be uh, regarding your position, title, role, salary, but negotiations, ex uh, especially at the executive levels are very intense. So how can adopting a growth mindset uh, alter the way uh, executives approach uh, negotiations and ultimately improve their outcomes? Yeah, this is great. And, you know, I'm so happy you asked that because, you know, I think when you struggle with negotiating uh, offers, uh, there's a sense that you're really alone in that and everybody else is like a master. But really, it's the it's the opposite. You know, like it, a lot of people have, have concerns with this. The right. the the chief um, advantage, in my opinion, that this kind of a mindset can give you during negotiations is that it cultivates a learning or winning aspect. In other words, here's what I mean. When you know that this job, just like the next thing you're going to learn, just like the next path is all part of a larger story, you know, and that story might have risks. It might have mistakes. It might have all of that. But that's the full story that you're building. When you have that perspective, it's way less likely that you're going to fall for like 80 percent of the ways in which people completely screw up negotiations because they fall into tunnel vision. They, they feel they cannot say no. They have to say yes to it. They feel like there's no future for them aside from this one job. They don't know what they're going to do with themselves if they're outside of a job. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it, it, it makes you into a zone that says, okay, everything, first of all, does not have to be a win. That this next role, maybe, uh, you know, this outcome might be 20, 30, even 50% less than a couple of years later, I could say I, I could do. But it's an essential part of me getting that. It's, a, it's an essential part of me realizing my value because the truth is nothing's going to do a better job for you standing up for yourself and your better negotiation than spending a year literally being like, Jesus Christ, dude, I'm so underpaid, right? So, right. so, so you get into the zone where you start extracting multiple layers of value from your experiences out there, good and bad. And that gives you a degree of perspective in that negotiation that allows you to both um, keep your, your shirt on when you're going through it. And it allows you to have some perspective and some strength, regardless of what that immediate outcome is. I think that's really, really important. I think the other one, um, we talked about, you know, resilience. We talked a little bit here about the long-term vision it sort of gives you as well. The last thing I, I would say as well is uh, looking at it this way and keeping yourself in a, shall we say, a student mindset, 
really allows you to take yourself off the hook for perfection. You know, you're you're going through the process of negotiating this offer, working this job. It's already going to have a huge impact, a huge positive impact on your life. So if I say to myself, okay, this is all part of an evolving process. This is all part of my journey. And this negotiation is going to give me a huge leg up and a value regardless of outcome. Now I'm in a beautiful place to sort of reinforce those things and, and move from that. What we've also found, by the way, is that you know, the more deeply someone is in a, a default growth mind state, right? The more they're they're applying these principles in their everyday life, the the more they literally are able to see areas of patience, areas of growth, and areas of opportunity in these negotiations, you know? Like they're literally able to be in that same situation and evaluate it from different places and do it with less ego, you know? Um, the learning, the student, and the fighting of the ego go hand in hand, you know? And it's really, really important that, that everyone understand that there's no better insurance policy as you rise and you become successful that people feel like, Alex, you are... Thank you so much for caring. Thank you so much for being committed to what you do. This is the kind of guy that I want to be. This is the kind of man that I want to emulate. You know, when you are in this zone and you're you're fired up, you're excited to share stuff. I will bore my wife to tears. I'm going to be telling you this multiple times. She's kind, so she I don't see it, but I know for a fact I do because sometimes I can't help it. You know, like I'll learn some like crazy thing, or I'm like, you're not going to believe what I just freaking learned. Once I was yeah. like learning, learning, you know. So, but that's a good. Like that feeling, when you apply it in the professional context, when you apply it to a team, when you apply it to people who feel like they've checked out, you're giving them hope, you're giving them excitement and energy, and that's the stuff that you need to do amazing stuff, you know? So this is how, you know, magic happens, you know? It starts from a humble place, you know? And um, putting yourself into this place, uh, just last point, I'm just going to say, learning has helped me be a lot more grateful, I would say, in my life. And that's something that it took me a long time to realize was one of the big, big missing things in my life. I'm not an expert in it by any means. I'm terrible at it. But I will tell you that being able to, to like literally take a test in something I suck at at, at, at Saturday at 7 a.m. just so I could, you know, you know, have the full day with my kids and then doing well, it, it, it sometimes it gives you so much pride, it, it gives you such a win that it, 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 it really it invigorates every other aspect of your professional life and, again, starts bringing new ideas in, you know? Growth mindset is opening up the windows, you know? It's, it's allowing yourself to say, no matter what, I'm a part of this world and I'm going to allow the world to change and shift me, you know? Uh, that's a wonderful, wonderful, inspiring quality to sort of radiate out there, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. It's great to be excited about new stuff. I mean, generally across uh, across uh, the whole globe, whether it's, you know, just uh, learning a new skill or uh, discovering something new, or as you said, you know, doing great on a test. Uh, it's great. It's great just to have that spark that motivates you to do better by yourself. And um I would, I'm going to turn this oh, 180 degrees a uh, <laughs> little bit uh, with a downer topic, but uh, still, I think it would be a great thing to discuss. I came across uh, an interesting term, uh, not a new term, but uh, uh, interesting term on my LinkedIn page while I was preparing for this uh, uh, convo with you. And that term is actually an imposter syndrome. So mm -hmm. 
we spoke about uh, we've touched upon a little bit you know uh on self-doubt uh, with the rejection question but uh let me ask you this um so imposter syndrome can affect professionals and any level we know about that so how can adopting a growth-oriented perspective help individuals combat feelings of self-doubt and imposter syndrome uh this is yeah you you're you're right this is again i think like the negotiation one one that so many people struggle with but but it's hard to talk about it because it's sort of like sort of like you know opening up and saying oh my god am i the right. one you know you know uh, uh one of the big benefits it can have is that it actually teaches you um that that feeling is an integral part of success and an integral part of what you need to be experiencing right now in order to do that next thing. So let me give you an example. I'm I uh, was recently working with a client who's celebrating a you know a great role and an offer, but really what he was fighting was this, you know, and what it what you what he realized was okay. The reason I'm dealing with all of this, the reason I'm actually feeling like an imposter now, not just professionally, but now in my life and all of this is because for the last eight years, despite my justifications and all of this and my ways to minimize this toxic boss that I had, I didn't control all of it. He worked his way into me. So now there's this poison and it's there. Fine, fine, fine. But what learning does is it realizes and it shows you, hey, stop believing this mythical idea, this movie-like idea that you're going to painlessly go to the next stage. Part of getting to the next stage in your life is burning off those parts of your life that you cannot use anymore. Like you were river rafting. Now your job is to make it through a jungle. Guess what? You need to drop the freaking raft that's over you right now. It's no longer serving a purpose. So what number one it does is that, and, and here's a key thing for the high performers that I coach, for the best of the best, we actually embrace that and we're looking for that. We're looking to evaluate your future, where you go and say, what scares you, man? What actually makes you say, hey, I can flub at this. I can scare because I also know when we meet your passion right at that razor's edge, that's what I'm going to get your best, by the way. I'm not going to get your best when you're 100% in your do domain of expertise. I will get it when 30 to 50% of what you're doing is new, right? So number one, uh, you know, imposter syndrome, I'll say it personally, I, I embrace it. There's something wrong if I don't have some of that feeling of can I? That's all it is. You know, it's can I? Can I do it? Do I do it? It is It is never going to be fully resolved because it is actually faith and a call to faith that is coming out. So it's a spiritual thing. So what I mean is if you're going up, you're always going to require an act of faith there. There is no way to just logic and learn there. There is, has to be a part of you that says, yes, I believe that I can do it. Whatever it is, I believe. And I'm the first person who believes to a full 100% certainty that I can. That's an act of faith. And if you're someone who's not willing to, to, to go there, if you're someone who's like, no, 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 Anish, I can outlearn my way. I can do that. I will blow you out of the water every single time because I have both. I have both of those things. So it is very, 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 very important that you really, really understand that and that you really sort of, you know, play ball in that way. Uh, yes, you have to find that faith in you. 
If that means that you become more spiritual, so be it. If that means that you have to dedicate the next move in your professional life to your family, which is exactly what I did, uh, and is, I'm convinced the only reason that I became successful and I'm not still struggling making $12,000, $15,000 a year at a low point, that was it. Whatever you have to do to build in that commitment and that meaning and, and, and be the one who shows up with that act of faith, do it. Because here's the truth. The person who shows up with that certainty can have like 50 to 60 percent less skills than you do. And it's 50 percent less competence and all of that stuff. And he or she will most likely get it because that's the first thing we respond to. That's actually what we hire from. And all your other qualifications are the rational part of our mind sort of kicking in. Right. But if you don't have this, you're never going to reach the full height of your potential. Never. It's not going to happen. So understand it's, it's going to be with you. Uh, this is the call. This is your call to adventure. This is your call to a higher life. This is the cost as well, right? Which is a constant um, reflection from the world that says, hey, do you really believe this, Alex? You really believe this? You want this? Okay, how about if I take away 30 to 40% of what gives you your self-esteem right now? You still want it? Because the person who says yes and moves forward is going to get it, right? So that's the way that I look at it. You know, I don't look at it as just a, a negative. I look at it as a force. I look at it as an energy, and I look at it as a call for me to connect with a higher power and a strength that is so much deeper than the next client or the next business move or the next marketing strategy or anything like that, you know? Um, I, like I said, reframing, right? The growth mindset makes you a master over time at reframing. And so if you look at these things, networking, negotiation, imposter syndrome, and you're gaining strength from it, you know that you're going to be learning things from this next interaction, no matter what, that I'm going to take to my sort of bank of self-esteem. Oof. That's it's hard to it's hard to resist someone like that, you know, who has that. So I would say look at it, look at it as an essential element, not a problem. Yeah, and I wanted uh, you gave me uh, a great uh, follow up uh, question to that. Uh, I I'm sure you came across as a career coach and career investment expert uh, came across this a bunch of times. Uh, I also know a couple people that do that for no particular reason, but uh, people tend to shy away from asking for advice. Mm -hmm. So that is something um, that is a little bit strange. So, and I presume, uh, and that's why I wanted to ask you that it has something to do with a mindset. So how can professionals foster that type of mindset that encourages seeking advice and learning from not just career coaches, but also their mentors and even their peers and ultimately accelerate uh, their career growth. Yeah, th th this is um, a wonderful way. I would say it's a great earned shortcut towards getting to some amazing places in your life, you know, uh, is is before you jump in. And, <laughs> and I say this and I, I literally feel like the sting inside of me, because this is exactly what I didn't do uh, for for most of my career. Like, this is it. Like, I, I would just put the pressure on myself and just sort of blunder and trial and error. So, so okay. So, if you want to um, improve your ability to do that, to bring in the advice from the smartest people in your life, the most capable people, even people who are way more successful than you, um, embracing vulnerability is probably, you know, one of the most important things. Um, 
don't don't shy away from the ask. Don't shy away from the context and what it means to you. And when you're learning, you know, it you are in a vulnerable state. You're in a positive state, but you're in a vulnerable one. Anytime you're in a you're in a situation where you don't know and you have to put your faith either in a teacher or you have to get support from other people or whatever that is, you're you're naturally vulnerable. And what you realize is not only does that not sabotage you. It actually is a is the most powerful radiating force of connection that you have, right? So the 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 journey towards towards doing this is to accept before you go into this, right? To say, hey, um, I'm going to invite new opinions in. I I'm going to learn new things, and I'm going to hold a mirror up to what this person is experiencing to to provide that back and forth, which is also valuable and something that you learn from the from the from the learning process. What I'm going to do though is I'm going to not shy away from telling them I don't know what I'm doing here or I'm just starting out here or I have, you know, I, I'm a complete beginner. You can literally use that verbiage if you need to to talk about it, right? To set that stage because when you do that, right, you're going to get a level and a depth there that is usually going to be much much stronger. So I would say uh embracing the vulnerability that comes with learning and really seeing it as the positive strength that it is 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 a a, a really amazing thing. The active listening part, which I think, you know, um is something that, you know, you, there's no way that you're not going to work on that, especially if you're you know, if you're leaning is towards the type of continuous learning and education that is dynamic uh and has a lot of sort of back and forth there, active listening. So great. Um Literally, one thing I teach our high performers, right, um, who are experts at what they do, but they feel this urge to start solving problems instead of, you know, listening, right? We'll tell them, hey, the mute button, use the mute button on your phone. When you feel that urge, you know, when you're finally telling me what is really going wrong, where it's impacting you, right, where you see this going, the worst thing I can do is to say, oh, Alex, yeah, yeah, no, I understand. That's like the thing that was going at X, Y, Z. That's not a place for me to to, to demonstrate my expertise. It's right. a time for me to listen, right? So like the more you learn and the more risks you take in terms of what you learn, right? In other words, you don't have a creative bone in your body. Make the next thing you learn a hyper creative thing, okay? You, you're, uh, you, you uh, are totally creative. You're in graphic design. You love this stuff. I want you to take something, take an accounting class, take something that is completely, completely outside of your zone. Start playing with moving completely out of that depth there because it'll teach you this. It'll help you to really, really uh, move that over. The collaborative spirit, which I think is 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 something that also, you know, bears mentioning is something that, you know, you can't all of a sudden, you know, I think this is a big misnomer, you know, I've, I'm, I want to get a leadership role. All of a sudden I need to become a great leader of teams, a great leader of people, you know, it's not going to come overnight. And if you're not displaying it in literally every aspect that you can in your life, it's probably not going to happen just because somebody paid you some money. Right. So, and it's not going to happen with a course you take then. Right. So what I would say is, like look at the learning and everything you're doing as an opportunity to collaborate with others. That's really what you're doing. You're building value for your family, for everyone else, but really you're, you're building up your ability to be of more service to the outside world, to be of more service to other human beings. Right. And so if you look at it that way and you say, okay, asking someone's feedback is a wonderful way of service because the truth is Alex, the, the most capable people are often the hardest on themselves. And one of the nicest things you can do is to legitimately ask someone to say, hey, I would really 
respect your perspective on this. I'd really like your advice on this. Do you think that you could help me uh, with a situation I'm trying to figure out here? You know, so it teaches you that collaboration comes in many forms, and and it teaches you that vulnerability and asking, asking is the start to every great collaboration. I'm convinced of that. Every great partnership, it starts not by me pitching you something and magically you know, doing it. It starts by me listening and it starts by you feeling like we're partners, real partners in doing something new. You know, All good things, I think, that come from, uh, that come from this path. Yeah, no shame in asking questions. I mean- Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. My last question before we wrap up with uh, final thoughts, and this one is for all the marbles. So we spoke <laughs> about individual growth, but uh, beyond individual growth, how can companies create a culture that uh, fosters a growth mindset uh, among their employees, first of all, and cr- contributing to both personal and organizational advancement? Yeah, I, I think that uh, I think the the most important thing uh, and the essential thing, and probably the thing that most companies will not do, unfortunately, uh, to do this to achieve this, would be to first answer either com- you know comprehensively yes or no. Is the actual structure of our company and the structure of our workforce designed to reward? a growth and innovation pathway, or is it designed to reward stasis, dysfunction, and essentially keeping us at the same position that we're at, but a glorified version of it, right? If it's the latter, which is many, many companies who that are in denial about it right now, Rochester, New York, Kodak was in denial about it until they weren't, right? You know, Xerox was, was it was in denial about it until they freaking weren't, right? Yep. So, so, the, the way that you want to do that and the way that you want to, to, to do it is first, you got to be freaking merciless about that. You got to do what IBM did, which is to say we were a freaking computer hardware manufacturer, but we saw where the tides were, were turning. We're slashing 90% of our business and we're reinventing this thing, holding on to the 10 and like it's everything that we have and rebuilding from there. So I would say if the appetite for that is not there. It's always kind of going to be surface talk. I'm just going to be very honest with you here. You can hire all the diversity and inclusion consultants that you want and all the quote unquote organizational development experts that you want. But this is a question of commitment. So A, decide what you want to be, really decide, and B, decide how many, how much resources you're willing to put towards that. In other words, how big of a priority is it going to be in your company? And C, I want you to put some sacrifice, pain, and resources and talent behind that. So that means you're hiring people who care more about the end goal and are more aligned with your values than just your skill set or you know how cheaply you got them. That means you're embodying that idea, right? That we're not just for the short term, we're for the long term. We're investing in you, every aspect of, uh, of this, for the short and the long term. You can see that. I mean, I'm going to be honest. You don't need a huge company for this. You can see that in the decision-making of the smallest company. And that's the magic that you need. When you realize, okay, these guys are going places. These guys are building so that 100, 200 years from now, we're going to know that name, right? We're going to know who they are, right? I, I want every company out there to be thinking not like freaking Joe Schmo Uber. I want them thinking like freaking Toyota. I want them thinking like Casio. I want them thinking like the 500, 1,000-year-old companies out there that have been doing it. That's, the, that's a real growth mindset. Now, 
the people who are less invested are going to give you a bunch of BS, like celebrate mistakes and continuous training and feedback right. culture and a bunch of BS. But that's the truth of it. That is the truth. Decide what you want to be and decide how big of a priority it is. And then turn that freaking ship and burn what needs to be burned to make it happen. And if you're unwilling to do that today, it is highly unlikely that you're going to be able to do that tomorrow. And stuff as it relates to an organization, you know? But that's why, that's why, brother, that's why my business is on individual transformation, you know? Uh, I'm not, uh, I could do it, but it's not my constitution and it would drive me crazy to, to, to steer that ship. But if your ambition is CEO, if your ambition is to be an enterprise partner, if your ambition is to be a member of that board, Start looking at the problem now and start understanding commitment begins with you. If you're not the number one person who's willing to embody that, especially when no one is looking, there's no one else who's going to be willing to follow you. So you can do it now. You don't even need a job. Look at your life right now. How can I embody this? How can I start sending this, the messages to the universe that says, hey, this is my goal. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm willing to sacrifice right now, right now, in order to make that happen. Drinking a little bit too much? Fine. How about sacrificing drinking until you have that outcome? How about that? Are you willing to do that? Right? How about not snapping at your wife when she asks you how that job search is going, but actually having the balls to enter into a collaborative conversation with her and to, and to be vulnerable enough to admit that it really hurts your feelings uh, when she asks you that because you're worried too, right? You, you also are doubting yourself. That's how you get out of it, man. You know? This is how you get out. This is how you... Um, for want of a better word, learning or winning, this is how you win, is, is, is right here in your mind and right here in your heart and then emanating out. And that's what, that's what learning will teach you, you know? Um, and it'll teach you at the end how to be someone who can teach as well, you know? Because all of these things ultimately becomes wisdom that you don't know yet, but you're destined to share. You're, we all are destined to pay forward, I believe, the best of us, you know? And so please know that what you're learning and investing in yourself goes so far beyond just you or your family, you know? You are playing an important role in this life that we all are building together. And again, have faith in that, right? And the more you do this stuff, the, the easier it will be for you when that imposter syndrome strikes, right? When that question of can I strikes, it's these actions that are gonna allow you to say, oh my God, I'm peeing myself with fear, but I'm still going to do it. You know, I, I am terrified and every piece of negative self-talk I've ever heard is raging in my mind, but I'm still going to sign on that dotted line. We're still going to pull this off. Me and my family are still going to have every piece of abundance, right? This is it, man. This is, this is, this is, you know, obviously I'm a believer in it, but, but this has been what the magic power that um, got me out of the darkness, you know, and, and, and gave me the honor of building a life in the light. Awesome. Well, I could not agree more and I don't have anything to, to add. You said it so perfectly. Uh, yeah. Small goals equal great changes. I mean, exactly. that's it. That's it. Exactly. So any, any final thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with? The, uh, as hokey as it sounds, sometimes the most hokey ideas, if you, if you dig deeper into it, there's a real truth there. Uh, I want all of you to remember that when you are on your purpose, when you are acting with love and you are, you are genuinely fired up with that, there's a 
magic there that is going to make you irresistible. And we all have it, by the way. It's not relegated to the extroverts or, or you know, the people who are, you know, uh, working in politics. This is this is a, a deep part of yourself. So I strongly encourage you, listen to that part of yours. And if it's calling you to do more, to be more, let that be the first act of faith. Let, let that be the first sign that life is calling you to a grander adventure. And don't be scared because on the other side of that fear is literally everything that you could have ever wanted and more, you know, um, it's a good, it's a good calling, you know, listen to it. Well, thanks so much, uh, Anish. Uh, it was, it is always a pleasure, pleasure to have you on, uh, these episodes and to, uh, listen to you. I always get inspired after listening to you, always thinking about my future. <laughs> what can I do? What uh, sort of little changes can I make, you know, to thrive? So thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And I'm really looking forward to our webinar on Wednesday 13th. So yes. we'll have we'll have a registration link in the description. You can also visit us at uh, ivexec.com and register for our upcoming webinar, uh, how to stay relevant for leadership roles in a changing world uh, on the website. And uh, thank you so much. This was Alexander with ivexec, Anish Majundar. You can search for him on LinkedIn and I'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.